Hello everybody, it's 5.23 on Friday night, I've come to share with you a message uh, under the using the name of Jesus effectively and correctly. Tonight I'm going to show you how to cross the border to become the elect of God. I want to welcome my podcast friends, I want to welcome Lift Him Higher Radio, I want to welcome YouTube I want to welcome my Facebook friends from Family Fellowship Chapel. I want to remind all of you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever your word, whatever you need, whatever your question, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we would enjoy having that feedback. Uh, we are so appreciative of each of you that are downloading from our podcast and listening to us on YouTube. We want to remind you that on uh, in March, we're changing YouTube channels. We'll be going to Mike Springston Ministries FFC on YouTube. And we hope that those of you that are our current members and subscribers on YouTube will follow us into that new channel. Uh, I see Tammy. God bless you. I hope you and Jim are doing well. Again, today we're going to speak on crossing the border to become the elect of God. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father, open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us out of the Godhead. Show us in the Holy Spirit, what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We'll receive it. We'll release it to your people. And there we'll be blessed, changed, transformed, find a deeper and greater foundation, and grow into the image that you want us to. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. There's a lot of conversation that goes on right now. <clears throat> excuse me, in various areas, you hear it on the radio all the time, concerning this concept of election, predestination, all of those kinds of things. Today I'm going to show you just what it means to come across the border and enter in to the election of God. I think you'll enjoy it. Before, as we go there, can we look back to Acts 19 and attempt to put the final touches on this look into uh, our study concerning the effectiveness of the correct use of the name of Jesus? Now, all of this is going to funnel into um, Colossians chapter 3 where we find Paul teaching some things that if we could only understand, if we could bring it out so that we all could see it, we would identify how Paul teaches us to cross the border and go into places, a place, where we become the elect of God. So we'll look at verse 16 of Acts 19, prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now these who have been overcome in spiritual warfare are so frustrated with the attacks of the devil from the spiritual world of evil that often 
They simply give up. They become spiritually weighted down. They become mentally weighted down. They become uh, unstable in their mental ways, and they simply give up. Darkness prevails, and they're left in the spirit world naked and wounded. So they run off into the world, and they become a testimony to what the spirit of evil can do when given latitude to become unhinged against anyone who attempts to use the name of Jesus without understanding the spiritual warfare that that name is being released to combat and when released without appropriate uh, understanding of operation, then that spiritual battle can turn right back to you. And remember, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? The name must be spoken with the perspective that comes from his lordship. His lordship must be submitted to by the follower of Jesus Christ. And one becomes a follower when he becomes a citizen of the kingdom of his dear son. Now, what are the conditions that must be in place for the citizenship to be available so that one can make entrance into that kingdom as a citizen? Well, the believer who becomes a follower is the first question. We will expose this in its entirety when we bring you through the the whole study of Colossians chapter 3, but for now, we must identify with one work in particular. That work, and I want you to get my phraseology here because this becomes very important as we move into the concept of crossing the border and becoming the elect of God. That work is the last earthy work of Jesus Christ. Here, he becomes, by his last earthy work, which is the resurrection, the anointed one who was raised from the dead. When he is raised, he is raised with robes of righteousness. Paul declares in Colossians 3 and 1, if we, if ye then be risen with Christ, what's about to happen here? We're about to cross a border. If ye then be risen with Christ, watch how we cross this border. Seek those things which are above. This is a statement that enforces the fact that the believer has to become a follower and progress into spiritual things. Hi, April. But is there a benchmark that would allow me to know that I have crossed the border between the old earthy things and the spiritual? Is there a gateway toward citizenship that we could glean from Paul's writing? Well, as you might have already guessed, the answer to that is yes, there is. This is not a hidden journey. It has been made to be hidden by those who refuse to study the word of God and refuse to bring truth to bear. There 
is in fact not only a gateway to citizenship, there is an absolute means to identify where your citizenship lies. If it were not so, then we could never follow him. We could believe in him, but we could never follow him. But we're teaching you that there is a mechanism, a means, a place to cross the border, do so legally, and follow Jesus into spiritual things. What did Paul say? If ye be risen with Christ, what is the insinuation? What is he saying? Well, he's saying that you have been crucified with Christ. He's saying that you have died in the flesh. Now he's saying that you should also be risen with Christ, but that earthy level, the three things Jesus did on the earth side, is not the conclusion of his activity because he said, Seek ye then the things which are above. Oh, my friend, look at Colossians 3, 12 through 16. We're going to find out the gateway to know if we have crossed the border. Where is the border? Well, it has to be at the state and condition of being resurrected. Because that's the question Paul asks in Colossians 3.1. He said, if ye be risen with Christ, then seek those things which are above. So there has to be something beyond the resurrection. So there has to be a way for me as a believer to know whether I have crossed the border from earthy to spiritual. Well, Paul, in fact, puts it into the book of Colossians in chapter 3. Put on, therefore, now watch this statement, as the elect of God. Now, wait a minute, Pastor Mike. Are you telling me that if I remain on the earthy side of the works and acts and deeds of Jesus Christ, that I cannot, have not, nor will I ever become a member of the elect. Is that what you're telling me? No, I would not venture to tell you that. I would have no frame of reference from which to speak such language. But the one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, well, he qualifies as an expert on the subject. He said, put on therefore now as the elect of God. Huh. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And when you seek the things that are above, where Jesus sits at the right hand of God, guess what you become? You cross the border from earthy things into spiritual things, and there is the place where you become the elect of God. Look what Paul says. He said you become holy. You become beloved. You have bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Do you see what happens when we are delivered from our sin nature? 
and we are robed in the righteousness of God, we become the elect of God. This concept of election and forbearing has now reached an understandable conclusion. We can't identify with the fact that I can try to serve God all my life and then all of a sudden not have been in the elect of God. We can't must justify that, reconcile ourselves to it, but there are those that are preaching that, that God has elected from the foundation of the world and you may not be one of the elect. Well, now we find out whom the elect are. They are those that are leaving the earthy side in the resurrection with Christ and moving on into the spiritual side, seeking those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of majesty. Now we see it. How do we become the elect of God? Well, we cross, my friend, the border from the earthy to the spiritual. We're delivered from our sin nature, robed in righteousness. We become the elect of God. This concept of election and forbearance, now we can make sense of it. We become the elect when we cross the border between the earthy man and the spiritual man. Once the border is crossed, where we go out of our earthy assignment, where we go out of our earthy idea, where we go out of our earthy concepts of what we have been told about Scripture, what we have believed about Scripture, and we leave that earthy side and we cross the border into the spirit world. What we're going to find there is is that the way we're teaching the love of God as strictly unconditional, God loves you as you are even if you're a sinner, is not so. What we're going to find there is is that we are representing grace in an entirely inapt, incorrect measure. Grace is made to be applied to you so that at the cross you can be forgiven. Grace is made to be applied to you so that in the tomb you can die to the flesh. Grace is made to be applied to you so that you can go with Jesus Christ and be risen with him and then grace will be your ticket across the border. Grace will do all of that. But we've got grace pigeonholed into the idea that, oh, grace, if, if you're in grace, you don't have to worry about sin. That's foolish. That's foolish. That's foolish. It's inaccurate representation of what grace is, of who grace is, of the grace and the truth that died so that you could apply grace and truth to your journey and leave the earthy side and let grace be the bridge and truth be the leader that would cross you from the earthy side into the spiritual side. We become the elect of God whenever we cross that border between the earthy man and the spiritual man. 
Once that motor is crossed, we begin to express a holiness that can only be identified by those who are citizens, are coming into the citizenship of the kingdom of his dear son. The holy condition is one of complete and more blameless. Now do we want to know where we find the security of the believer? It is not on the earthy side that we're going to be secure. We're only going to be secure when we apply grace as the bridge and truth as our leader that takes us into the spiritual world. Their grace applied brings us into the security of the believer. It's the only time. It's the only place. In the earthy side, there is no security. Why? Because there's sin. Sin Unholiness, imperfections, unrighteousness, doubt, and unbelief will never be acceptable in the economy of God. Now we come into this new place as a citizen in a kingdom. We cross the border by grace. Truth is saying, yes, they've come correctly. We justify their means and method to be here. They're here legally. And all of a sudden in the economy of the spirit world, we become morally blameless. We are by this holiness known now as the saints of God. We express a beloved condition that is now acceptable in the kingdom of his dear son. The father and the son both love us. And Jesus Christ as the man in the Godhead manifests himself in us. And we have the approach that is preparing us to be seated in heavenly places. We're internally transformed. Our internal self that is gone from holiness, that is gone from an earthy side to a spiritual side, is transformed into holiness, more, blame, more blamelessness. And now. We are beloved, translated into being beloved. These mercies of God, the bowels of mercies are in our inner self and we express in our inward self the affection that is required in order to be a citizen in this new country. The inward affection is a care for the victoriously anointed Christ. And in so doing now, we guard him while his kingdom guards us. We identify with his mercy in our inner man. And this one realizes this new crossed over into the borders of becoming the elect realizes the power as they look back over into the earthy that was once held over them, all of their wrongs, all of their things that they had done while they were living on the earthy side, but now passing over grace, being led by truth into the things that Paul says we should be seeking because we've risen from the dead, we now revel in the mercy of God that praise God, he will not punish me. Never. But he will call me beloved. 
and he will make me a member, a citizen of his kingdom. And as a citizen of this kingdom now, in spiritual things, I will live in the power of the kingdom. Ha ha! Paul said we would rule in this life. We experience his kindness. That means that he becomes the gentle spirit that is in our spirit and in our soul. This produces in us a humbleness of mind. In so doing, we lower our own human thinking. And we no longer consider ourselves more highly than we ought because we take on the mind of Christ. That is becoming us a bowel of mercy and a kindness that is a gentleness that is the mind of sacrifice and the mind of obedience. We submit to him in his spiritual uh, means and he transfers first himself to us. Our meekness is completed in our spirit and it is allowed to rule and reign in our inner man. We will live in long-suffering. In other words, we will have the courage to live for Christ regardless of any pain or any adversity that me, my family, those I love may go through. We will live in courage. Now then, why would this courage be necessary? Because, my friend, we're going to continue to engage with the earthy side of our existence, so we must maintain a vigilance to expect that the devil is going to continue to try to attack. But now, because we've crossed over the bridge from the earthy into the spiritual by grace under the guidance of truth, and now we've passed into this spiritual existence, we maintain a vigilance, we expect his attacks, but as the attack comes, we have greater understanding and greater knowledge about how to use the name of Jesus to cast down devils, speak with the authority of the tongue. Nothing outside me or inside me hurt me, and everything I transformed for that name too, they recover. The attacks are going to come against what is left in the earth. But I now have been made to be more than an overcomer through the actions of Christ Jesus of whom I've crossed over the border and now I'm living as an elect. What a revelation. Now we see the benchmarks. What are those benchmarks again, Pastor Mike? Do you remember when we got saved and the old works of the flesh happened and the fruit of the Spirit came upon us? Do you remember that? Well, now we're operating in a completely new range. Paul brings it up in verse 12. He's not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He's not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about the demeanor and the behavior and the engagement of one who has been, become the elect of God. 
He said, when you engage on the spiritual side, by grace, led by faith, when you engage on the spiritual side, you're going to notice another transformation. You're going to be transformed. You're going to become not only elect, but you're going to be holy, you're going to be beloved. You're going to experience and manifest the bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. There are benchmarks, my friend. And if you are unable and unstable to operate in these benchmarks, then I want to tell you, you're still living in the earthy side. You have not come over into the elect of God. If you're still living with impurities, if you're still living trying to use grace as the coverall while you continue to sin, then you've not crossed the bridge. You've not, you, you've been told you have. You may think you have, but you have not. Paul said there are benchmarks here. There are things that will show up in the elect of God. There are things that are going to be different about those who are living in the spiritual economy of the kingdom of his dear son. Paul teaches us this. We don't want to hear it because we don't want to live it. We would rather live in the fruit of the Spirit and say God loves everybody, everybody, everybody. God loves you just like you are. Be a sinner. You're going to heaven. Grace will take care of it. God did it all. No, 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 my friend. Paul does not teach that. Paul said there'll be a benchmark when you are raised with him. When you begin to seek things that are above, where Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of majesty. He said, as the elect of God, you're going to live holy, you're going to live uh, under the, the concept of being beloved of God. You're going to express and experience bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. He's not done yet. If we go to the next verse, we're going to find out what Paul further states as a benchmark. He says, forbearing one another. Verse 13, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so ye also do ye. Here we will be able to endure the pain and the suffering of the foolishness of the earthy side of others who have not advanced into the understanding of truth. There we will be able to forgive them and teach them how to accomplish the concept of spiritual growth that's required for one to cross over from the earthly into the spiritual. When they fall in their earthly life because of immaturity, we will not be quarrelsome about their rebellion of truth, but we will show them the depth of a new citizenship in our responses and our reaction. And we will forgive them. We will let them know that there is a life of maturity that they must grow to and we forgive them for their acts that misrepresent themselves and show evil into our world. We forgive you. I forgive you of that. Now, you're going to have to gain forgiveness of Jesus Christ for your earthy actions. I don't have the right to forgive you of that. But I do have the right to forbear with you, and I do have the unction to forgive you. And 
to tell you and let you know that you are forgiven. Now, right here is a very major statement. When we learn to forgive others as Christ forgave us, my friend, that's a benchmark that tells that you have crossed the border between the earthy and the spiritual. One man wrote a book that was a nation's bestseller. In that book, he said, we should forgive those who do us wrong, but never forget. Well, my friend, that's a most telling comment because it reflects the earthy location of the one making the statement. Earthy people do earthy things. They respond in earthy ways. They subsequently injure others by exacting earthy ideas and earthy actions. Our Christian world has done that by enacting earthy actions and doctrines that misrepresent Scripture. So we've done it in the church. Needless to say, it's happened in the world over and over and over and over. There are many kids who have nothing to do with their parents today because of something that was said or done that was an earthy action of which they cannot forgive. Well, my friend, if we're living in unforgiveness, then we're living in the earthy side. If we're living in the earthy side, then we have left ourselves wide open to continue the attacks of the devil. Paul said that if you've crossed over, your benchmark is going to be that you're going to be able to forgive one another. You're going to be able to move on. You're going to be able to wipe the slate clean. How do I know? Because the Word of God tells us that's how God does. So if you're living in unforgiveness at any level, then my friend, you are not operating as one who has crossed over into the elect of God. That's going to be a hard pill for some of you to swallow because some of you have been really hurt. Some of you have been really brought down and injured by people in your life. Don't you think I haven't as well? But you know what? Here's truth. I forgive every one of them. Why? Because he forgave me of the same injustice, unfairness. So you're going to cross the bridge and go from earthy to spiritual? You're going to have to learn to forgive. You're going to have to learn that what happened over there needs to be wiped clean and clear. Otherwise, you remain outside the elect of God. Well, earthy people respond to earthy things in earthy ways. My friend, this is not what should be happening as one crosses the border between the earthy and the spiritual. But we have leaders, authors, and speakers who teach earthy things as if they were truth. What's the result? Earthy people who are taught earthy things, complete earthy actions, but my friend, the grand design of God for mankind was not so. That was not how God designed it. But nobody's teaching the earthy way. Nobody's talking about the three acts of Jesus 
that remain attached to the earth. No one is telling us that we need to cross the bridge of grace and be led by truth into the seeking of spiritual things. No one is telling us that. No one is telling us of a citizenship that results in being a member or translated into a member of a kingdom. Nobody's telling us that. Why? Because they're giving us doctrines that let us associate ourselves with earthly things. Sin, be a sinner. Love, be a sinner. All of these things lead us into poverty, brokenness, bruising, blindness, and bondage. All of them. No one is telling us how to get out that there is a bridge that can be crossed and take us across the border from the earthy to the spiritual. No one but me. But I'm telling you, and I'm proving it in Scripture. Father, I thank you for your word. May your word be rich. May your word be real. May we receive truth. And may truth transform us until we can be brought by grace from the earthy into the spiritual. I thank you for it all. Give you praise and glory for it all. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Well, my 30 minutes seems to go just like that. I want you to listen to this over and over again. I want you to look into the book of Colossians in chapter 3. And you're going to see Paul. I've been talking this language for a year in the Holy Ghost. I've been teaching this in portion through the Holy Ghost. In the last year, this has been my message in some kind of way. Then God confirmed the word of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had spoken because I asked him to by Paul's writing in Colossians chapter 3. Read it. God bless you. I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you, my friend. Find him as Jesus. Find him as the, the Lord. And there, there you will find him to minister and give you the ministry of his name. Find him as the man in the Godhead. There you'll find him to show you things and lead you into all truth. God bless you.